The ERAS tool has been, you know, just phenomenally, uh, incomparably successful tour. Mm. Um, she's already grossed more than a billion dollars in revenue in the US uh, on the sort of first year of the ERAS tour. And, you know, as your listeners will be well aware, she'll be in Australia, unfortunately not New Zealand, <laughs> but then she'll be in, in many cities in Asia. Uh, she'll be going to Europe before she comes back to the US. Um, and it seems sort of more than likely that by the time the ERAS tour is done, it will have grossed sort of probably more than $2 billion. Um, and it's already the most successful a financially successful tour of all time, uh, and it certainly will be by the time all is done. In terms of the economic impact of that, you know, obviously it's an enormous and sort of vast amount of money uh, for sort of one musician's tour to make, you know, sort of between one, one and two billion dollars. You know, when you compare that with the size of the sort of economies of the countries that she's going to, obviously, it, it's sort of still probably a, a drop in the bucket. I know there's been a lot of stuff saying that she's sort of, you know, carrying the weight of uh, the American economy <laughs> on her shoulders. I think that that even as even as an ardent fan, I think that probably slightly overdoes it. But um, but yeah, it's been it's been hugely economically successful for her and uh, and certainly a very, very big tour uh, in the grand scheme of things. Can we break it down a bit? Because when fans are going to see her shows, it's not just the ticket price. There's also the uh, merchandise, the accommodation, the food, all those sort of extras, aren't there? Yes, exactly. So I think sort of most of the economists who've looked at this think that, um, you know, every person who goes to who buys an Aerostore ticket probably spends sort of on average about $1,000 on their ticket, which obviously is, is enormous, at least in the US. Um, but they're, they're probably spending sort of three to four times their ticket price on sort of the whole trip. So on hotels, flights, food, uh, merchandise, as, as you say. And, you know, it is interesting the impact that can have on on local economies. You know, she was sort of mentioned in um, uh, one of the Federal Reserves, the Philadelphia Federal Reserves Beige Book, which uh, sounds very dull, but it's basically a book of like anecdotes that they compile about the local economy. Um, they sort of mentioned that her tour had had a huge impact on sort of local uh, hotel and hospitality industries. Uh, the sort of weekend that the Aeros tour was in town there. Um, you know, you, you've seen all kinds of. You, Every every town that the Aeros tour has gone to has had this sort of big swell of hospitality and 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 restaurant uh, activity. In terms of you know the impact on that town, it's obviously sort of great if you already own a sort of restaurant or, or a hotel business there. Um, uh, it sort of is an is an extra boon for those for those towns. In one of the articles, and and I think it was Bloomberg said that in the Boston area there was a one thousand percent increase in hourly workers, which seems like a huge boost to that region. And it would probably be the same case for for different regions that she visits. Can you take that on face value? Yes, yeah, so you do need to be a bit careful when you're trying to sort of do a, a cool-headed analysis of the actual impact um, that things like the Aerostore coming to town might have on, on the local economy. So say, like you said, there was sort of a huge spike in workers being put on shifts uh, around the time that the Aerostore was in was in Boston. Um, you know, maybe the, the sort of ultimately what happened is that a lot of Bostonians sort of spent all of the money that they wanted to, that they sort of had that weekend, they, that they sort of used up their savings. And then maybe in the weeks that followed, they sort of didn't go out to restaurants as much or they, or they didn't spend as much doing activities because they'd sort of spent a lot of their, of their money, um, you know, going to, going to see the show. So you can't, just at face value say, okay, you know, all this additional money was spent on people going to the Aeros tour and therefore that is the total impact it's had on the economy. Mm. Um, you know, 
I don't know about you, but I'm on sort of fixed wages. So if I spend all of my money on Taylor Swift, that's it. <laughs> um, merchandise and tickets, I uh, I probably can't spend it on, on other things. Um, that said, um, you can definitely see sort of interesting um, elements uh, with sort of you know other businesses where it seems like there probably has been a real sort of productive impact. Mm-hmm. And and what about this was something I did I wasn't aware of. I don't know if I could call myself a true fan, but these friendship bracelets and Etsy. Do you know about these? Yeah, so actually this is exactly what I what I was sort of alluding to at the end of the last question. It turns out tons of people are buying friendship bracelets on, <laughs> on Etsy um, to sort of take and uh, and give out at, at concerts. Um, and this actually, the sort of origin of this tradition is one of the lines in uh, a song from Midnight's called Join Your Own Kid. And she says, make the friendship bracelets and, and do something else. <laughs> and people have really sort of taken this, taken this to heart. And um, in preparation for this interview, I did actually look up a few of the articles about these Etsy friendship bracelets. And, you know, there are all kinds of women saying that they've made, you know, thousands, perhaps even tens of thousands of dollars um, by making and selling these bracelets on Etsy. So you can buy a kit on Amazon or Timu or any of these sort of big uh, retailers, which has, you know, between sort of 12 and 15,000 beads in it, the letters, the the colors. Um, and apparently it takes between sort of 30 and 40 beads to make a bracelet. The kits only cost about $20. So if, you know, and if you sort of divide the total number of beads by the number of beads per bracelet, apparently you can make about sort of 250, 300 bracelets from each of these kits. Um, and the bracelets seem to be selling on Etsy for between two and three dollars a piece. Mm. And so you're you're potentially sort of making, you know, five hundred dollars off of one of these kits on only sort of twenty dollars of raw uh, ingredient mm. costs, mm. which is a, a gross margin. Obviously, it doesn't include time of about ninety five percent. And you know, a lot of Swifties say that you know they stan their capitalist queen or, or whatever and, and i believe them because this is that's a phenomenal return you know yeah. if it only it, and it doesn't include your time doesn't include going to the post office all these other kinds of things but uh people are really sort of adding to productivity and sort of creating these businesses off the back of this as well the stadium tours are one thing but then she's also released the era's tour movie at the same time it's another way of staying relevant another way of keeping that tour uh, present and sort of in people's minds do you know the impact that that has had yes yeah, so it has been the most successful concert film of all time uh, it grossed about 250 million dollars in the US um you can see its impact on sort of her business in other ways as well so uh a song that uh that sort of features heavily in the in the trailer for the film um and she released in uh in 2019 called cruel summer which i'm sure sort of many people are, are familiar with um, i think actually, i know the dance uh, moves for that now when she comes down <laughs> you know she comes down from the platform it's lowering and she's talking to her fans i could i think i could reenact that whole thing for you i've yep. seen it so many times <laughs> It's the bridge. Yeah. It's a you know it's a real sort of highlight of the show. Um, but that song when she released it actually wasn't that popular, and then it's become you know it's, it's sort of trending on on, uh, on Spotify and and everyone was listening to it, and mm. it's become the real sort of star of the Eras tour, and it actually sort of made its it's sort of charted for the first time as number one in the US on the US Billboard chart, 
the week that the movie came out um, and that was four years after it had been released mm. so you know in, in many ways it, it had sort of a, a, an impact on on her business um, in terms of the sort of the the interesting thing I think about the movie from an economic perspective also is the the way she chose to do it so often with these concert films they sort of go through the big Hollywood studios it takes months and months to release them uh you know maybe it would come out a year after she was done with her US leg done filming it mm. um and you know Taylor Swift she is a, a genius marketer um you know through and through you've seen this at all all stages of her career and I think she realized that like the right time to release the movie was as quickly as possible in this sort of break between the US leg and the international legs and it would really sort of help her capitalize on what had been you know just a phenomenal year mm. and so she just cut a deal with the theaters directly edited it uh, using her own team and it was out sort of a matter of weeks after they'd actually taped it mm, um mm. which which you know and again you have to be taylor swift you have to be that big to be able to pull off something like that but it really did sort of shake up the sort of the the thought process and the sort of industry around doing those kinds of films beyonce did the same thing she had her renaissance movie out in and around the time that she was touring so it seems to be whether they've set a trend or not as i guess remains to be seen but they're both you know huge stars touring and putting out a movie at the same time it was quite interesting to see Beyond the Eras tour and the Eras movie, there have also been all these other ripple effects like universities offering papers and courses on Taylor Swift. And and I'm talking about Stanford, Harvard, Berkeley. These are big universities. And then last year, Gannett, the largest US newspaper publisher, um, which also has USA Today, they hired a dedicated Taylor Swift journalist. I guess I'm wondering how these filter back in or whether they do filter back in into her business and her economic impact. Yeah, I do think it's interesting, you know, in the context of what we were saying about the movie and the the tour sort of being, it, it does feel like it's been all consuming. Mm. You know, you can't open your phone or a newspaper or a magazine or anything without seeing Taylor Swift. And I, I do think it's a, in some in some part a function of the way that sort of social media works um, in that you sort of can have this sort of wall to wall coverage 24 hours a day. Um, and I do think that, you know, Gannett was sort of tapping into that. Um, you know, people do have an insatiable need and it seems to keep being fed by the fact that you can you know you you really can't escape um uh reading reading uh about her um in terms of the sort of the the university courses i mean there there are a lot of sort of fascinating aspects of this phenomenon to to study um they seem to fall into sort of two general buckets so one is the sort of creative uh music courses so people mm. studying her songwriting mm. um her sort of creativity um uh, uh that side of things which you know is is uh is fascinating in its own right um and then you also have a lot of um business schools uh doing case studies on her and these mostly seem to focus on either sort of as we touched upon the sort of way that she markets herself she's shown a sort of savvy marketing uh side of herself sort of from the beginning um you know when she named her debut single tim mcgraw which was the name of a sort of very famous country <laughs> music star um and that was sort of a way to to sort of 
tempt radios into sort of playing that that song more um and to give it some sort of um uh so people had some sort of recognition so she, yeah. she's been savvy savvy from the get-go but mostly it's sort of focused on, on on how she markets herself or um the sort of pretty radical things she's done with her her catalog so the sale of her catalog of masters to um to a, a sort of private equity firm and a, a an owner that she really didn't like uh several years ago mm. has resulted in her re-recording all of the albums and i uh, and and, you know, that has had a huge impact on how the music industry thinks about sort of ownership of music. You hear a lot of young artists these days saying that they want complete control over their masters so that nobody can do this to them. Mm. Um, and I also think that, like, this whole saga with the with the masters and the re-recordings um, is probably why we have the Eras Tour at all. You know, the process of going through and re-recording from the beginning every every song she's ever written. Um, you know, I, I can completely imagine that uh, she wanted a way to sort of showcase um, and was sort of fondly reminded of all the all the old songs that she'd written. Um, and that probably my 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 theory is that was the sort of brainchild of the Eras Tour um, itself. Um, in which case, it's it's all gone phenomenally well. Yeah, it's been a very very successful byproduct of re-recording is that suddenly almost every song she's ever written has come back into the present Uh, and and I don't I can't think of another artist where that has happened Cruel Summer sort of recharted because of it other aspects of her life that continue to generate news and affect changes and in some ways her relationships have always been in the spotlight and she's made no secret of the fact that she will absolutely right about an ex-boyfriend, you know, after they've broken up. Um, Everyone knows this. But her recent relationship with Chiefs football player Travis Kelsey, that has now impacted the football industry, hasn't it? Much to the chagrin of many NFL (laughs) fans, I I understand. The Chads Um, and the Brads. I was at a, a sports bar uh, a few weeks ago and they were playing a football game and I went, oh, they're playing the Taylor Swift game. And some <laughs> man just turned around and gave me the dirtiest look I've, I've ever I've ever received. Um, yes. So she she did start dating Travis Kelsey in, a, a, I think, in sort of over the summer. And you did see an impact on uh, the sort of Chiefs uh, merchandise and their, and their ticket prices. So ticket prices sort of climbed um, uh, sort of a bit for the for the games. Um uh, shortly after after she went to the first one people mm. sort of wanted to sort of potentially get tickets to, to catch a glimpse of her I think the price of his jersey on some sort of secondhand sites went up to went up you know about 400% or something for, for a time as people were sort of clamoring to, to dress like she did in his <laughs> in his merch um, and it's it's you know you are also hearing sort of all kinds of heartwarming stories from sort of dads who, who'd never managed to get their their daughter interested <laughs> in football but now are finding it sort of trivial to, to get them to watch along as long as it's a, a Chiefs game, of course, yes. but uh, there have been a couple, of, a couple of sort of stories like that in a couple of newspapers. Um, you know, it's the NFL is is pretty big. It's hard it's hard to imagine it getting any bigger, and yet. Uh, and she's increased the viewership in a certain demographic, um, mainly women, sort of. I think of the age sort of twenty to forty five demographic, which isn't surprising. It's sort of her 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 people. Some would say that she's the Beatlemania of our generation. Would you agree with that? I do think that's right. I, you know, I, my dad is a huge fan of the Beatles and I, he would talk about them when I was young. I, I couldn't really, you know, I was, I was very into Britney Spears at the time (laughs) and I liked NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and people were sort of obsessed with all the Spice Girls. You know, the Spice Girls was probably the closest we, Mm. we got to sort of Beatlemania where people were, were sort of pretty obsessed with them. But this sort of like all consuming entire world 
you know, totally fanatically sort of cannot be satisfied mm. by sort of enough, you know, information, music, sort of sightings of of, of these people. I don't think uh, I've experienced anything else like it um, in in my lifetime. And I, I, I basically I, I agree with that analogy. I think that it it feels to me now like what my dad described um, uh, he he experienced uh, when he was younger. You're an economist, but you're also um, an avid Taylor Swift fan, which is very convenient for us. What is it that you like about her? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I wasn't a fan right from the get-go. You know, I I wasn't listening to her albums when I was a teenager as much. Um, It sort of took a a few albums for her to sort of make it across across the pond to, to Britain. And I think that I like a lot of people came to sort of respect her more as a songwriter uh during the the pandemic with the sort of folklore uh evermore era mm. her sort of like slightly more lyrically sort of less poppy um music and uh i also think that sort of the last album that she did uh was you know just like phenomenal storytelling you know i i'm i i guess i i'm i'm a writer and some of some of her turns of phrase i i just think are sort of really beautiful and uh you know i also like listening to the songs so i think she's a sort of very gifted songwriter um and i also think she's a she's a fascinating businesswoman to study as well so for both of those reasons i i'm i'm perennially intrigued by taylor swift um you know the the tiktok and and instagram algorithms feed me taylor swift content all the time (laughs) and uh, i'm i'm fine with it i guess (laughs) 